Thank you, Brother Howard. And uh, it's indeed my privilege to be a part of this admit. And uh, I don't deserve all that he said. I tell him all the time, don't give me them big introductions. But he don't pay any attention to me. He just does what he wants to. You can tell that. <laughs> told me, you know, clean up the... I guess I'm going to have to preach on a lying spirit tonight. <laughs> now, he told me to clean up the mess, but we hadn't got any mess except one situation. And I'm going to take care of that now. But if I heard him right, and I want you young preachers to listen to me, he said for you to take on the spirit of Samson. Now, if I read the word of, right, word of God right, Samson married out of the church went to a harlot's house, and laid in a whirly woman's lap. Now, I'm here to try to clear that up because I'm his elder. <laughs> so I've cleaned this up. That's the only thing I can see wrong with this meeting. <laughs> but I appreciate, brother. Thank God. But I love Brother Howard and I appreciate him. Brother Howard is a true friend and uh, he's not one that's your friend when he likes you or dislikes you, he's just your friend. And you know, we don't supposed to always agree on everything. We're not human if we agree on everything, something's wrong. Like I hear people say, I've been married for so many years, ain't never had an argument. They've either gone out of their mind or they're henpecked or something. <laughs> Ain't two people going to live together without having a little argument. You know, they had that in the garden. God, start with, you know, they never stopped. But uh, I'm glad to be a part and try to help here some way. What I'm going to preach tonight, God's done letting me know. Some of you may like it, some of you may not, but it just don't really make me no difference. Because <laughs> I hadn't gotten mine out of a book, or I didn't get it off the computer. I got mine straight from heaven. <laughs> so wherever the gavel falls, well, that's the way it's going to fall. But they preached everything in the book, but I found a little something I can slide in. And uh, been tremendous preaching here and a lot of truth preached. And, uh, we've got uh, in a generation where no man's ever been. And we're going to preach our way out of here if we get out. The play and games is over. I want to say something else, and before I say that, I want to thank you for the room and the nice basket and all of this church and everybody that had a part in this, and uh, thank you for the hospitality and the kindness, and I also want to thank all of you uh, for praying for me in my sickness, and I want to say something concerning that to 
clear the air if it ever anyone thinks different than the way it happened. And to uh, let you know what has happened. But whenever I was diagnosed with lymphoma and uh, they run the biopsy, then it was radiation and chemo. So I was driving with my wife to Fort Smith, I believe, and I was driving along and I said, God, if you want me to, I will. But I said, if you don't mind, would you let me trust you? I said, I don't trust man. That doctor don't care anything about me, but you do, because you shed your blood for me, and you love me. And I said, can I just trust you for my healing, or whatever you want? If it's die, I'll die. If it's live, I'll live. So God moved on me that I was allowed to do that. And the reason I'm saying this, many people try to force God to heal them, but this is not my situation. God told me to go to a doctor and went to a doctor. I'm not against doctors. So I began to get weaker after that. And then I began to have problems with my mind of being tormented by the enemy. And I got weaker and weaker. And... Uh, Got to where I couldn't hardly have to go to bed two or three times a day. So I was preaching in Houston, and I preached that night, and I barely could get to the room. I told Brother Hal, I've got to go lay down. I said, I'm too tired. But the next morning when I got up, I began to talk to God. And I said, God, if you've got something for me to do in the last days, I said, you've got to help me. I said, I'm losing my faith, and I know it's a sin to not believe. And I don't want unbelief in my life. But the devil's tormenting my mind. And I'm getting weaker. And he spoke to me, and he said, I've got to work for you. I'm not through with you. And the Spirit of God moved on me. And when I come out from under that prayer meeting, I felt like a new man. So I'm here to report all is well, and I want to thank every one of you for praying for me. I feel better than I have in four or five years. I've got my drive back to preach. My mind's clear. So God has intervened, and I wanted to thank all of you for your prayers, and I wanted to tell you what God has done, not for my glory, but for his. We serve a great God. In fact, there's none greater. None can stand beside him. He has no equal. He's just one God, and I'm thankful I know him. You can be seated. What I'm going to preach on tonight, I'm going to have to preach on some things that God has laid on my heart. He told me before I came, and I told him I'd obey him. And I told him whenever he healed me and touched me, I said, God, whatever you want me to say from now on, the rest of my life, I'll say it. No reservations. Just you tell me what to do. And he spoke to me and said, 
those young preachers that you're going to preach to. He said, they're in a dark vacuum and don't know where to go or how to. And you preach to them. So I think God's given me the word to help you get out of that vacuum. And he told me that you needed the anointing more than anything. For the anointing breaks the yoke, breaks the bond of sin. So I'm going to take the word of God tonight and try to help you. And if you'll turn with me then to 1 Corinthians. We'll be reading out of the you'll be reading out of the first chapter. And I'll be reading verses 17 through 31. For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and I will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise, where is the scribe, where is the disputer of this world? Have not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. For the Jews required a sign, and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified unto Jews a stumbling block, and unto the Greek foolishness. But of them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men. And the weakness of God is stronger than men. For you see your calling, brother, that how that not many wise men after the flesh. Not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God had chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. And base things of the world and things which are despised hath God chosen, yea, and things which are not to bring to naught things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence, but of him are you in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. I'm going now to Timothy. I'm going to read out of the third chapter, 2 Timothy. Verses 1 and 7, then I'll go to 12 and 17. For God hath not given us the spirit of, that's, that's not the right scripture, Th three, oh, third chapter, 1 through 7. For learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now as Jambres, Jamies and Jambres 
withstood Moses, so do these things also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the truth. But they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest unto all men, as theirs also was. But they shall proceed no further, for their folly. But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, and patience, persecutions, afflictions, which come unto me at Antioch, at Icum, at Lystria, what, perse what, what persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yea, and all that will be live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution, but evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned, and hast been assured of knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation, thou faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scriptures is given by the inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, correction, for instructions in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto good works. And my thoughts going to be tonight, a generation ever learning and never coming to the knowledge of truth. Would you pray, Brother Howard? You can be seated. We no doubt are living in an age when there's more of man's wisdom than probably there has been. We have more technology, have more means to study, and we have more means to search out the scriptures. But we go back to the beginning of time and we find that the Spirit of God first moved upon the waters. Now the Spirit moved before anything happened and then the Word was spoken. And as God began to speak everything that He spoke into existence, He said was good. And then we find a little later on that he made man. And he made him in his image. And he made him in his likeness. And he was good. We find also that when God put him in the garden, he'd taken woman from his side. And he had gave them some instructions. You can eat of any tree in the garden except the tree of knowledge of good and evil. But the servant that beguiled Eve began to talk to her. Now this tree of knowledge of good and evil, and I'm not going to try to clarify all this. You can accept it or kick it out. It don't matter to me. But this tree to me had two fruits. It said the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Now Adam and Eve didn't need good. So when they disobeyed God, and took of the tree of knowledge, they gain evil. 
So through that disobedience, it put a curse on all mankind. And uh, because they had disobeyed the word of God. Now, if they had just listened to what God said, they had not allowed another party to insert anything. They listened to someone else's knowledge. Now, the wisdom of God is not the wisdom of man. And we are way overdue by listening to the wisdom of man rather than the wisdom of God. We've got access to all kinds of things to study with. And I'm going to get right down to the meat of it. But young men, you don't need a laptop. You don't need a Matthew Henry. I knew it'd get quiet. And you don't need a Clark. And you don't need a Barnes. What are we going to do? Raise a generation that's going to take a laptop and replace this good old holy book? Are young men going to run around with a laptop under their arm or run around with this Bible under their arm? He call him on a shuntai. Now I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna talk. What's her problem? I'm gonna talk about how to get the anointing. We've got a problem in this Pentecostal movement. Forever learning and never coming to the knowledge of truth. You're not gonna get a truth out of a Trinitarian book. You can say, "Oh, they got some good thoughts." You can't put evil with good. If a Trinitarian don't know who God is, how can he tell a one God tongue talking apostolic about anything about heaven? It's about time we kicked all of that junk out and got this old black book and got us a Webster dictionary and a Concord, got down on your knees and began to pray heaven down and kick hell aside. But we're bringing up a generation that ain't going to know nothing but computers and uh, loading up and down and going to all kinds of research when you've got the best commentary in the world. And that's this book right here that has stood the test of time. Everything man ever touched, he corrupt. And I'm going to prove it in the Word of God. Be seated. From the time that Adam and Eve disobeyed the Word of God and took on that evil spirit, the knowledge of man, we find that men begin to multiply upon the earth and through their knowledge, the sons of God begin to marry into the daughters of men and to become renowned, great men, but the earth becomes so corrupt that God had to destroy it. It's not by man's wisdom. It ain't how well you can talk. It ain't how many bigger words you can learn in Dick Webster. Some of these preachers, they get some words that Einstein can't understand. My Bible says it's so simple a little child can understand it. I'll tell you why they can't understand it. There is no inspiration to understand the scriptures. It's not privately interpreted. The lawyer can't interpret. The doctor can't interpret it. The wise of the world knows nothing about this truth. It's hid to the wise of the world. But we want to take on the wisdom of the world and pollute our movement with all of this phony junk that comes out of commentaries and Trinitarian men 
mustered up out of hell and brought in the spirit of sin that put deceptions in our pulpits and sent in a church on a downward spiral when we ought to be down on our knees talking to God to get a revelation of the word of God that we'll know what's happening in the heavens and we'll not know what's going on in the spiritual world. Be seated. Even got laptops now built into pulpits. Preachers carrying their laptop to the pulpit. What a disgrace to this beautiful book. This is the greatest thing you ever come in contact with. It stood the test of time. Man hadn't destroyed it, but he's destroyed everything else in this world. And he's on his way to get this book. He wants to replace it with the technology of man. He wants to replace it with the knowledge of man and bypass the anointed scriptures of God that will bring us into the place that we can have the revival that God wants in the last days and get a church ready to leave out of here. And I don't care who sets down on me. I don't care whether you like it or not. I'm not preaching for you. I'm preaching for God. I didn't get this from man, and I'm not preaching for man. Run around with these little old things in your hand and all your scriptures is in that, and you sit around and punch them in church. That don't belong in the church. You young men won't anoint it. I'm telling you how to do it. Put the laptop out. Some of you older ones can do that too because I've been hearing you preach around here how you ought to sacrifice and how you ought to be the example and how you ought to be greater than them. Well, what are you going to do with your laptop? It's all right. Me and God's feeling pretty good. I know you're not liking it, but that's just tough. I'm going to preach tonight. I'm interested in the kingdom of God. I ain't interested in what's going on in the computer world. I'm not interested in technology. I'm interested in knowing the knowledge of God. Be seated. We find that Abraham, whenever he got ready to leave the land of Chaldees, what did God tell him to do? He said, leave your fathers, leave your family, your houses and your land, go where I'll tell you. What did he do? Took his own mind. Picked up Lot. What did he have the rest of Lot's life? Trouble. That's because the knowledge of man got in the middle of it. We need the divine will of God. Not what man thinks, it's what God thinks. We're not out to please our peers or please the crowd. We ought to be wanting to please God. Abraham didn't learn a lesson there. God had promised him out of his seed there would be a child born. It would be the promised child. But no, he listened to Sarah. Took on man's knowledge. And Sarah said, I'll take my bondwoman. That turned into a disaster, didn't it? 
If it had done the divine will of God and listened to what God had to say, we wouldn't have the problems we got today if we listened to what this word says and get out and pray that we could understand it through the inspiration of the Holy Ghost because it was written by holy men of old and moved upon the prophets by the Holy Ghost. You're not going to understand anything in this book if you're going to get it out of your mind. You're going to have to have the mind of God. God's wisdom is not man's wisdom. God's ways is not man's ways. His ways is far from man's ways. As the heavens is the earth. I'm going to tell you something tonight. There's an old spirit or two sitting down on me, but you got problems. I hadn't got problems. You hadn't prayed so long you wouldn't know how to touch God. I'm not going to give in to nothing tonight. You, Brother Howard asked me to preach, and I'm going to preach. If it ain't nobody left here tonight but me and God and the devil, I'm sick and tired of plastic preachers. I'm sick and tired of orators. I'm sick and tired of circling the issues. I'm sick and tired of hearing dry sermons. I'm sick and tired of seeing nothing happen. Sermon uh, uh, meeting after meeting. But where is the results? What's happening? We hadn't got anything happening. We're going around and around in a circle. Let's change courses. Let's throw the things that man made away and look for the things that God gave us to perfect a church. Oh, they look at man with his knowledge. Oh, look at that preacher. Oh, that young man can speak so well. That young man, he is smart. Smart people don't know God. I'm sorry to tell you, wise boys, it ain't the wise of the world that knows God. You're going to know God, you're going to know him in the power of the Holy Ghost. <laughs> You're going to understand him. You're going to have to get in the spiritual realm. He is a spirit. They that worship him, worship him in spirit and truth. The sons of God are led by the spirit of God. We're not of ourselves. We belong to him. We're born into a new body. We old things pass away. All things become new. We are a new creature in Christ. We ought to take on the mind of Christ. I lost a computer group, but I'm still got me somebody. You ain't gonna get no message off a computer that's fixing to get you to heaven. Well, I've lost a few more. But I'm gonna preach. But I don't appreciate what you're saying. I don't preach the way, appreciate the way you're looking either. I don't care if you sit down. You go outside. I don't care. The more of you leave and don't like this, the better the service will be. You ain't nothing but dead weight anyway because you're an unbeliever. I quoted you the scripture that God's ways are not man's ways. Forever learning, never coming to knowledge of truth. Bible colleges, all kinds of schooling and all kinds of helps. And where are we today? Sad shape. Oh, we've learned how to sing. 
difference in sensationalism and a move of God. Bodily exercise profit little. Why you, some of you look so white around the mouth. I'll be like John the Baptist. What do you come to see, a reed shaking in the wind? all right, brother? Okay. I'm going to preach anyhow. I'll tell you why I'm going to preach. You call me a smart aleck. You call me anything you want to. But it don't bother me. Because I got my message from God. I've been praying two or three days about this. And God says you say everything that I tell you to say, whether they like it or they don't like it. And he said some of them's not going to like you when they leave there. But he said it don't make no difference anyhow. I've got some young preachers that need to know how to get under the anointing, that need to know how to follow my word, need to know how to follow my spirit, and they need to loot, loot, leave man's knowledge alone and get a hold of the wisdom of God and let me use them in the last days. I wonder if we're going to have somebody in the crowd that's going to get a hold of this and it's going to get out and take that good book and begin to search out those scriptures and allow God to lead you into the truths and open your mind up to what God wants in these last days and give you power to preach it and give you the unction of the Holy Ghost that you can speak from what heaven wants. I know the computer boys ain't with me, but I got somebody with me. I wish you get off that computer, Brother Moody. I wish you leave my laptop alone. You love that laptop. You love that laptop. You couldn't preach without your laptop. It makes me sick for a preacher to get up and say, well, I'll tell you what, I can't preach tonight. I left my notes in the room, and I forgot to run it off on a, I got to have a printer. I'd hate to know I went to preach and had to worry about whether my notes was in the room on the computer and have to run and find a printer before I could preach. Anybody with me? All right, we'll go a little further then. I'm telling you how to get that anointing. Now, this new technology hadn't worked. All these man-made ideas have failed. The church is going this way instead of this way because they're forever learning, but they never come to the knowledge of truth. And the only way you're going to know this truth, you're going to get it just like they did in the days of old. Funny to me, this church came in by them old timers and they never even had a Webster dictionary. They leaned on God to interpret the scriptures. 
They spent their time praying instead of spending hours and hours trying to fix a real pretty sermon that would sound good to tickling ears and make the crowd happy. They didn't care whether you was happy or not. They got through a prayer meeting and got the word of God. They got up and preached it just like God said it and they had revival. They didn't lean on man's wisdom and they didn't leave on man's technology. They leaned on the power and the demonstration of God's spirit and they shook heaven and they had revivals and they built what you're sitting here tonight with and letting the things of the world enter into our church to stand against it and begin to preach against it and keep it out of the church. Well, Brother Moody, you know you're just, you just uneducated. God's done told me you're going to say that. He said, oh, they say he's unlearned and ignorant. Thank you. I qualified to be one of the apostles. So I just wanted you to know God knows what you're going to think before I ever got here. He said, oh, they're going to say, don't follow him. He believes in angels. He's always looking for spirits. Well, what do you think we ought to be looking for? A bulldog in a corner somewhere? We're fighting spirits. The reason you can't fight spirits, you don't know how to fight spirit because you've been leaning on man's knowledge. You won't learn how to fight a devil. Get prayed through and get the word of God and get the anointing of God. And you can find that devil. And then you can handle that devil. And you can bind that devil. Or you can cast that devil out. We've increased in knowledge, but we've lost the anointing. seated well I like it when it kicks back I like it when you don't like it I'll be going home but you've got to live with it I'll have done my job and I'll sing me a little hymn on the way home but you better change or you're going to be singing something else. It ain't how great thou are, how hot it is. Going to hell by the thousands and all we want to do is get up and give flowery messages. Oh, how great he is. You know, you they, they say... Old ignorant, unlearned guys like me, you could preach conferences if you knew how to preach conferences message. Tell me what a conference message is. I'll tell you what it is. Just go up so far, but don't cross the line. Just bring them up to a place where you don't really say nothing and go around it. Just mention it as a whole, but don't identify it. Talk about wholeness, but don't say nothing. That's what this generation's all about. Oh, if you get up and don't rock the boat, they'll want you back if you can make it sound good enough. But they don't want you back if you get a move of God because there's too much sin in camp. But I'll tell you something, young preacher. You're not going to be nothing until the world hates you. And that what's you, when you're opposite of the devil and it hates you, when men speak well of you, be aware. 
instead of getting down and getting a hold of God, they want to appease man. I get so sick of that junk, I could die. Oh, yes, we, 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 we want to be careful now. We got to be peacemakers. Pooey. I'll tell you what a peacemaker is in that way of talking. It makes God want to puke. Only place he ever got sick in the Bible when they were lukewarm. Neither hot or cold. It's time we got on board. It's time we changed our courses. It's time we got our head in a prayer meeting. It's time we got the word of God in our hearts. It's time that we guarded loving the word and not loving the things that the man has made to try to bring us away, further away from God. Be seated. You know, when Moses got the law, there wasn't somebody over here giving him a little help to get it. He got it from God. And it wasn't nobody supposed to change it. Well, I got news for you. This came from God. And old reprobate Matthew Henry don't know this book. And Adam Clark hadn't got sense enough to get in out of the rain. But because it sounds good, that's man's wisdom. This book here taught me how to live. This book taught me how to be a father. This book taught me how to be a, a husband. This book taught me how to talk. This book taught me how to worship. This book taught me who he was. This book showed me what I could have. And this book showed me I could get it. And this book told me I could have it. This book has everything that I need. This book tells me my Savior can heal me. This book says my Savior can save me. This book says I can rock hell. This book says greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. This book says upon this rock I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He said, Peter, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father, which is in heaven. He didn't get that from man. He didn't get that from dates. He didn't get that from barns. He got that from faith from heaven of who Jesus Christ was. And that's what this church was built upon, the revelation of Jesus Christ through the word of God. And I'll not let anything substitute for this book. Be seated. We talk about technology. We talk about leaving the computers alone. We talk about the internet. We talk about all this. An old spirit of zen is filling our pulpits. In fact, I'm going to read a little on that. I'm going to read this about zen that I'm going on. It says, Dear Brethren, on the morning of April the 2nd, 1993, I awoke about 4.30 a.m. after having a dream from the Lord. This dream left me puzzled and very disturbed. In my dream, I walked into a pastor's office, and there were three men sitting in folding chairs in the center of the room. As I stood, stood in front of them, 
God spoke to me concerning each of them. And then walked over to a desk, and there was a letter lying on top of it. I picked up this letter and began to read. After I read the letter, I then had a vision concerning what I had just read. Upon awakening, I began to think of the seriousness of this dream I had just had. I then sat at my computer and typed the letter as I saw it in my dream. Still being disturbed, I spent many hours in the county library researching the spirit I had learned of in the letter. This spirit is named Zen. Zen is a common word now. We see and hear it almost a daily basis. Zen is connected to everything from the Chicago Bulls baseball team to the art of archery and driving. In 1993, I had never heard the word Zen. It was not a common household word. Zen is a Japanese form of Buddhism. In my studies, I found a lot of similarities between Zen Buddhism and the so-called end-time revival that is sweeping our land today. Zen is the name of a spirit of deception that is working among the apostolic ranks today. If I should need to justify my beliefs concerning the working of the Spirit of God, let me say this. I believe in the gifts of the Spirit. I also believe that they have a real and important place in our churches. I believe that signs and wonders should follow them that believe. I believe in an apostolic end-time revival. There is no doubt in my mind about the power of God. It is the Spirit behind some of the modern-day prophets that I am addressing. On the following page, you will find this letter concerning Zen, a spirit of deception. Just as it appeared in the dream, following that will be some of the similar teachings and methods of operation that we see between Zen Buddhism and some of those so-called prophets that are taking our land by the storm. Zen is my name. I am a spirit of deception. I have been around a long time. My job is to see people in spiritual matters. I have been trying to get into the pulpits of the apostolic church for a long, long time. The men of the early church would not allow me to have my way with them. They wanted revival their way. It took me many years to find a way into the pulpits, but finally I found a way to deceive even the men who once despised and hated me. They even preached against me. I started a generation ago. Men began to have such craving for revival that they became so desperate in their search for it. They wanted revival for the sake of having revival. They then became variable. I began to work on their small babies. I took a lot of years of persuasion and deception. But all through their youth, I was preparing them my way. Now they have grown up and come into leadership positions. This is the way I have spent, this is this is the way I, I have of spinning the seeds of my revival. Men who once stood firm against me are now finding out how to have revival. These men I have had as my own since their childhood are now teaching the Pentecostal movement how to have revival my way. We're talking about Zen. Yes, it has been a long time coming, 
but it was worth the wait. It is beautiful to me when I see a preacher who used to hate me now opening his arms wide to accept me. I have such a foothold on your pulpits and your churches now that no one will be able to get me out. I have done my work well. I am a smooth operator. I love to see those who think they cannot be deceived. They are my favorite kind. Oh, some may find me. Some men can spot me. But I have a knack for being able to hide. After all, I am a spirit of deception. I can even hide behind some of their friends. Then they are afraid to call my name. I have no hope for eternity, but I am not going alone. I will take millions of people with me. I am also taking many apostolic preachers with me. Ha, ha, ha. After all, I'm Zen, a spirit of deception. Goodbye for now. That's where we are. Now, are we going to play the devil's game? Or are we going to get in the book, begin to search out the scriptures, and find out what God's got to say about it? We find then, after God had moved upon Moses and he had taken the law, we come on down a little further in time. And we find out whenever they came, Jesus came upon the earth. And he began to teach the disciples. He told them to take neither script, neither take shoes, leave your money and everything behind. I've done anointed you. I've done prayed for you to cast out devils. I've done prayed for you to heal the sick. I've done give you power over evil spirits. Now you just take what I've given you and you spread this gospel. Then we come on down to when Jesus told them to go into Jerusalem and tarry until they were endued with power from on high. And they were gathered there in that upper room and again the spirit moved. Just like it did in the beginning. It moved on the, on the body and a church was born. Out of that church became a spokesman an old fisherman, didn't have any script. He just had the anointing of God. And he stood up and began to tell them, Jews, this same Jesus whom you have crucified is both Lord and God. And there's not but one gospel, Jesus Christ and him crucified. Even though he be an angel, let him be accursed. We need to get back to the basics We've talked about the basics. We need to forget about hype. We need to forget about eloquent words. We need to forget about how well a man can put the scriptures together and put them like he wants them to be. We need to listen to somebody that's been in a prayer room. And when they bring that message to you, there's some anointing that comes behind it. And it drives it into your heart. And it becomes alive. And you catch hold of that. And when you begin to pray and seek God, and God, I want what that preacher's got. I want it more than anything in the world. I'll lay my laptop down. I'll lay my books down. I'll get me the good book. I'm going to get on my knees. I believe there's some preachers tonight that wants to come out of this dark uh, vacuum they're in. I 
God told me there's some here that's wanting a way out. I'm showing you how to get out. You need to be studying the Word of God. You need to be seeking the Word of God. You need to be have the power of the Holy Ghost. The sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. You're not going to find the truths in this Word that's hid to those that are lost and to those of the world. But you will find it when you desire it. It's not hid to you. It belongs to you. But the Spirit of Zen has been able to deceive you and to tell you that it's all in the Word. It's all in how well you say it. It's all in these mechanics that he's produced. But whenever we get back to the basis and dismiss sin, that deceptive spirit that has took this great Pentecostal church on a downward spiral, it's time for us to stand up and declare the whole counsel of truth and be an ambassador for Christ and be a warrior in the kingdom and love the kingdom of God more than ourselves and love the kingdom of God more than uh, more than our friends and our neighbors or whoever but fall in love with God. Be seated. Paul himself would make all of us look like Jake in the first reader. Smart in man's intelligence. One of the most well-learned men of his day in the Sanhedrin court. But after he got the revelation, I can't use that no more. I'm going to a backside of a desert. It's not in man's wisdom. It's not in flattery. It's not in eloquence. But it's in the demonstration and the power of God's spirit. Three years on the backside of a desert. Prayed out all of that learning that he'd got. All of the law. Learn how to touch God. Learn how to feel after God. Become one of the greatest writers in the New Testament. Had an insight to the heavenlies. But today, man is so deceived that he don't want to hear the truth. Because he's going to have to come out of his cocoon. He's going to have to get out of his comfort zone. He's going to have to get away from those easy helps that he's got. It's a lot easier to go to the computer than it is to pray. Because God just don't give it to you just instant. You don't know when you'll get it. You just have to depend on God to give it to you. And you've got to have some faith if you're going to get it. And you may pray for hours and you not have nothing. But that's work. I can take a shortcut and go over here and get Zen. I can get this spirit of deception. I can bring this Trinitarian doctrine in. I can just get a, well, you know, brother, we can get thoughts from there and said, you know, they got good thoughts. I got news for you. God plainly tells us that good and evil don't flow out of the same tube. You can't put darkness with light. Well, Brother Howard, I got some preachers that's supposed to be conservative preachers, but they're sitting down right now. They're afraid they're going to have to go home and study. I bet your saints would think you done got a new pastor elected if you went home and put all that stuff away and prayed through it a good anointed message. Say, man, I didn't know we voted in a new pastor. 
Why you ain't got no move of God? No anointing in the pulpit. All head knowledge. Forever learning, never come to that knowledge of truth. And God also said that he, you, here's what you'd think. I wished he'd just leave. I don't like him around. I got news for you. I'm going to be around a good little while. And you're going to hear some more of this because God's going to open the door and you ain't going to close it. God's going to make a way that somebody's going to have a voice and they ain't closing the mouth of the prophets. God's going to have him a man. He always did. And I'm going to be that if he'll let me. I'm not going to back up, give up. I'm not going to one way or the other. I'm not worried about being your friend. I'm not worried about whether you like me or you dislike me. I've come to the place that I love God and his kingdom more than I love you. It says forsaken houses, land, wife, husband, and children, are you not worthy to be his disciple? I say it's time that we got a revelation of what God wants in the last days. It's time to produce some apostolic preachers that out of this generation can rise up and they can come into a church and under the anointing and the power of the Holy Ghost can break the bonds of sin and bring people to an altar of repentance and let the church pray through that when new ones come in, mother can feed them and mother can birth them and mother can help them but we spend too much time praying the church back through because we haven't delivered the goods dead pulpits dead services you take the music out of some church they couldn't have a move of God Where in the world did we pick up all of this here? Praise singers. Got to spend an hour and a half getting ready to be praise singers and you're dead in a doornail. Why can't you just get up and say, let's just sing an old time song, have a move of God tonight. I've got a message burning inside of me. I'm going to bring you some anointing, but we'll kill the service with all of that performance. I sat in churches when they had choir singing and I got so vexed, I just sang to myself. I felt more God while I was singing. And I don't know one key from the next. While they was hollering, glory, 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 I don't know why they don't ever finish a song. Where'd they get that? Out of the Trinitarians and the Charismatics. What's wrong with how great thou art? What's wrong with the old time religion? What's wrong with the old rugged cross? What's wrong with I'll fly away? What's wrong if it had not been for Jesus? I'll tell you tonight, we need to get back to the basics. Watched them get ready for the choirs to sing. They'd kill everything going out of a prayer meeting. Run their hands up and down like a window shade dried. They couldn't shed a tear if they had to. You may like that. I don't. I like a move. You ain't going to dance your way to heaven. And you ain't going to sing your way to heaven. And you ain't going to shout your way to heaven. You're going to pray your way to heaven. 
and somebody going to preach you to heaven. And you ain't going to make it without a preacher. And he's got to be sent. He's not birthed for some mama. He's not birthed from some daddy. He's not birthed out of some cottage. But he was birthed by Jesus Christ himself and put in the five-fold ministry to bring to you the gospel of Christ. Well, brother, you're against everything. I sure am. I am fed up. I am sick. Enough is enough. I might as well make you miserable. You make me. So if anybody's going to be miserable, it's going to be you. I have to listen to you. You listen to me. Boy, I'll tell you what. Lanny Wolf taught this generation well, didn't he? I think we got our music from him. I can't, brother. I'm supposed to draw pictures. My elder told me to draw pictures. He said, I'm going to change the music of Pentecost. And his spirit did. And now we've got to get the beat. Go to some churches, and you can't hear a word the song says. You can't hear the music because you got some guy on the drums slanging his head like a dying calf in a hailstorm, <laughs> beating that thing to death, and that's all you hear. Rackety rack, rackety rack, rackety rack. There ain't no more God than nothing. Right. And brother uh, Howard, no reflection. But why we got to put him in a cage? If it's of God, why do we hide it for in a cage? Going to these churches down, they got them in cages. That shows you there they got to be corralled. Tell you what, we need we need a beat of, we need a heartbeat from God. We need something that'll make us feel good, not miserable. This old half-beat junk, this generation is drummed up. Bunkety, 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 bunk. Before you get through, you say, bunkety, bunk, you can't do nothing. And I've watched it go to conventions and places, and the wilder that music gets, I even see older preachers. Boy, they don't move until that stuff starts in, and they try to act like a young man, and they jupe and jive and carry on. Oh, how God's moving. And old Zen's playing to them. Old Zen is taking the place of preaching. Oh, we had a great revival. The preacher didn't get to preach. No, you had a runaway. You can't have a revival without a preacher. You're not going to have a move of God without a preacher. You're not going to drum this up and drum it down. You're not going to make God a performer. You're not going to put God in no box. You're not going to bring him on your terms. If you get anything out of him, you're going to get up on his terms. He's not coming down on your level. He done came down one time and they killed him. You're going up to him from now on. How are you going to get there? You're going to pray your way there. Be seated. Forever learning.
and never come into knowledge of truth. I went and researched the Bible back. I didn't find nowhere in this book that man's wisdom ever contributed anything to a move of God. Search it yourself. It ain't there. And every time that it was man's knowledge involved, it was a disaster. Because this, this man of sin that's coming is of the world. And that spirit of deception is sitting in our doors, getting in our pulpits, getting in our saints. Because we've got no anointing in the pulpit to identify it. We're so busy trying to make beautiful messages. Tell how great we could preach. I don't have that problem because I know I can't preach. And I'm going to tell you something else. You young people don't need, young preachers don't need to be looking at these heroes of Pentecost. There ain't no heroes in Pentecost. You need to learn who the re real hero is. And that man named Jesus, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. You ain't going to be drawn to God by lifting a preacher up. Oh, did you hear how great he preached? Didn't that sound good? But how much did you remember? What did it do for you? Why don't we have a move of God in all of these conventions with all the preachers we've got? Why isn't somebody healed? Why isn't somebody saved? Why don't we go convention after convention, moving after moving, hear the same song, dance the same tunes, go home with the same thing? We need some move of God that will come into our services and it will anoint and it will break up the foul of ground. It will set us on fire for God that we can leave there with the things we want from God. We can see a demonstration of the Spirit. We can see the power of God move in our sanctuaries. We can see the gifts in operations. We can see healings and we can see all kinds of miracles. But no, we want to sit around and feed Zen. Be seated. I knew when I came tonight it wasn't going to be popular. But I know one thing, God's happy with it. I spent two days praying about this. And I'll tell you something else. You that's sitting out there that don't like it, I know who you are. I can look at your countenance and tell you don't like it but you ain't got guts enough to preach it. You wouldn't preach what I preach. You know why you're afraid you can't preach somewhere else? I'll tell you, young man, if you pull up to place leaving when you're coming, rear back and preach what God gives you. Make sure it's God. Don't worry about what man thinks. I'm going to tell you something else. When you look at true men of God in this pulpit, they look like you watch them how they walk. You watch how they approach the pulpit. You watch how their mannerism is. And you say in your heart, I'd like to be like that. I'd like to have what that man's got. But you only see what's on stage. You need to come to rehearsal. You need to see what's happening to that man before he got there. You hadn't seen him just come out of a prayer meeting weeping and sobbing because everything's haywire and the devil's fighting him from one end to the other. You haven't seen him as he walks and sits on this platform covering up all of his misery, all of the things the devil's come against him with, sitting there, steps up, asking God to help him, 
wondering if he can get through the service, dreading to go back home, dreading to face the devils he's got to face. One more time, he's got to go back and fight and fight. Looks like it never ends. That's what makes a preacher, one that's willing to pay the price, one that's willing to sacrifice. You're going to have some, you're going to have some deserts or you ain't going to mount a hill of beans. There's not a man in the Bible that didn't have a desert. You better pray for you a desert that God can bring that carnality out of you, that God can bring you down to where he can make something out of you. You know why he chose Peter? Because Peter was weak, but he loved God and he knew I can make Make something out of you. I'm going to give you the keys, boy. I said, Matthew won't qualify. Luke won't qualify. But I can take you because you're humble and you make mistakes and you blow, uh, you, you, you foul up. But I'm going to remake you. God's not needing a man, uh, ready-made preacher. God's needing a preacher that he can make. He's going to have to grind you to powder and remake you into the man that he wants. And when he gets you where he wants you, then he's going to use you. This generation looks at the new trailers, fine trucks, computerized messages. Got to have an armload of books bypassing the greatest tool in the world. Is that right there? I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. I'm not going to let a Trinitarian take mine away from me. This don't belong to the harlot church. And I'm not going to pollute this truth with it. I'm not going to pervert my message with the harlot church. My Bible says if I, if I, have, if I, have, if I, if I identify with that, that I commit spiritual adultery. I'm not getting involved with a harlot. I've made my mind up. be surprised what you might find in that book when you start looking at it. I wonder what the elders is going to do now. You going to show the young how to run the computers? You going to show them how to have a laptop where they look big and important? Or are you going to give them a lesson on digging it out of the good book? We're the examples. Now, every preacher here this week has preached on all this. They said, what all we want to do, what all we should do. Now we're at the point, why don't we do something about it? Well, you know, when we want to do it, when we don't have to do it. It's easy to tell the man, sacrifice the things you're talking about. What about what you got? Different story, ain't it? I'm going to say this. God told me that it's going to be another split in the conservative movement. And he's going to split those that has nothing but head knowledge from the man of God. And that's going to get his church ready. My church wasn't built on the knowledge of man. Why do you think that we've got this falling away? Why do you think those that once feasted in our charity is not here anymore? Because they leaned upon the knowledge of man. Now I believe it's in Romans. First chapter. That said because they did not retain. The knowledge of God in their heart. He turned them over to a reprobate. 
to believe a lie and be damned. Did not retain the knowledge of God. Not the knowledge of man, but the knowledge of God. So if they don't love the truth, they become reprobates. And you ain't going to win them back. Because you can't convince them that they're wrong now. Because God turned them over. Why did he turn them over? Because they were deceived. How were they deceived? Because they did not love the truth. They were deceived because they did not obey the truth. How many's going that way out of this crowd? Or how many's going to get a hold of God and get that special anointing? Now, you can charge me if you want to. But I love God and this church more than whether you like it or not. This is my life. I've shed many tears, many heartaches, many discomforts, fought family, fought devils. And if you think I'm going to give up the last hour, you're wrong. I'm going to stand for Jesus. And I'm going to tell you something else. I'm going to preach my way out of here. My calling was without repentance. There is no retirement for me. Thank God for the power. Now I'm going to tell you something else while I'm at it. We're going to have a move of God over all of you that's got an old bad spirit because you didn't like what I preached. And you're going to have to sit and try to pray with your old attitude. I'm going to watch you grunt. It's amazing to me. Go to churches. People full of the devil sitting on the pew. Preachers don't even know they're sitting there. Too busy. Punching laptop. While the devils eat their church up. They sit and make rosy messages. Ever learning. Never coming to the knowledge of truth. God gave us the power over devils. We should have so much power in the church, a devil couldn't sit there. But it's almost a sin to preach against devils nowadays. Zen has come into our ranks so much you don't want to preach against homosexualities. Oh, yeah, what do you want to get on that for? You don't have to say anything about that. Well, I'm going to tell you it's eating our ranks up. And we got preachers sitting back and know it. And I'm going to tell you something else. If you go to a place that's covering up that homosexuality, you're guilty of being a part of it. You are supporting it, and you're, you're putting your stamp on it. You're perverting your ministry. When you go to a place that's well known to be a proselyter and to cover up for sin while homosexuals sit there and you know it and preachers know it and you go there because the crowd went there, you're on your way to be a reprobate. But oh, I'll tell you what, they having a move of God. No, sin's in there. God don't move on sin. Homosexuality is abomination unto God. 
The sodomites couldn't get in the temple of God. And they're not going to get in his real church. And real preachers are not going to put up with that spirit. Because we don't have the anointing and the unction of the Holy Ghost. We just let it slide by. The preachers is dying to get to some of them places. And I'm labeled because I preach against it, but that is as well as to give me a big label. I'm not giving in to that spirit. I don't care how much money they got and how big a church they got. They hadn't got what I got. I got the power of God. And them devils is afraid of the power of God. We need power in the pulpit. Need how to learn how to walk in the Spirit. Need how to learn how to live in the Spirit. Need to learn to love a good prayer meeting. Need to learn to love God. Hate evil. You know, if you got the Holy Ghost, you ought to hate what God hates. I got I got problems with a guy if people that's got the says they got the Holy Ghost and they sit right down by an old homosexual spirit and clap their hands and sing about Jesus. I'll tell you, they stink to me. My spirit's grieved. I I don't like it. Be around it. My spirit tells me who I'm around. My spirit witnesses to me what they've got. I know when a preacher's right and when he's not. How? Not by how good he preaches, not how eloquent he is, but by his spirit. How in the world are you going to make a preacher if you don't have the anointing of the Holy Ghost to know how to run the service? What are you going to do if all you've got is a typed out message that you dreamed up, that you put together? How's God going to use you? What if God wants to change the direction of the service? But you can't change it because you've got nothing to lean on but your notes. So they got to listen to your message that you preached a dozen times and you memorized it. But what would it have been if you'd come out of a good hot prayer meeting with faith in God? This is your church. I'm your servant. What do you want me to tell them, God? What do you want me to say to your people? God, what do you want tonight? Is it faith you want? God, is it judgment you want? You want me to tell them about sin? What do you want me to preach on, God? Come out of that prayer meeting, feeling after the Spirit. Get to the pulpit. God says, I don't want that. I got something else. Okay, God, tell me what it is. What are you going to do if God wants to change course? What if somebody comes in, you're going to preach judgment to the church, but a sinner comes in and he walks in the door. God wants you to preach faith, but you're locked up on your canned message. Got no power, and the people's going to have to eat that. That's why we don't have revival. What do you want to be, plastic, or you want to be real? It's important that we follow God. You ain't going to do nothing yourself. You ain't capable of doing nothing yourself. Anything that's done of God, it's going to be through Him through you. He's not going to work through a vessel that's unclean. He's not going to work through somebody that's 
sinning. I'll just go ahead and get to winding up here while I'm on it. You don't need to look at the golf course. It ain't there. You ain't going to find it down at the racquetball. You ain't going to find it down at the restaurant. You're going to find it somewhere on your knees. But, oh, look at them preachers. They sound so good. They even go out on the golf course. They're buying golf shirts now. They're putting their sleeves tight. You can't see under their arms, but we got to look like Arnold Palmer or somebody. They dream. They're looking like Tiger Woods. Man, I mean, I hit the golf ball, and it was par this, and I parred that. While the church is going to hell, they're parring. Eat up with pleasure. All they're studying about is pleasure. What can I do to make this body happy while her soul is dying? What can I do to appease my flesh while the inner man starving plumb to death? not by the wisdom of man but it's by the demonstration and the power of God's spirit I believe we've got some men in the crowd that's willing to pay the price I believe we've got some men I don't care anymore about nothing but just what God Men that God wants to use, too wrapped up in man's knowledge and don't know anything about the knowledge of God. Got young preachers that want to be powerful and run around these sissy hairdos, comb down like a girl's bangs, trying to look like the world, trying to identify with the world. Why don't you look like a man? We're not needing sissies, we need men reason you want to look like the world, you got the spirit of the world. It takes a man to preach this gospel. It takes a man to stand against sin. We don't need sissy preachers. Now God's going to move tonight. And when all the unbelievers and all those that are mad, when you get as much of it, your venom as you can get going, that's when God moves the best. Right in the midst of it. There's a preacher tonight that sat down on me all night, and he's failed in the kingdom of God because he would never preach it right. He's eat up with guilt because he has neglected his work. So he don't like good, strong preaching. It makes him feel ashamed because people's going to hell because he wouldn't pray and seek God. Them's the kind that don't like strong preaching. They're not interested in humanity, interested in themselves. We're not having revival to count numbers. We're trying to save humanity. 
We need to get down to business and get worried about the kingdom of God instead of worried about our own selves and what all we can do for me. Let's stand. Undai kashala mahaka. Undai kashala Iko show mahata. Iko lamana shanta. Andai kasala. Iko show mahata. Andai kahata. Iko show maho. Iromana kasahata. 